Pentecost is known, as I said earlier, as the birth of the church. It's the day in which the Holy Spirit took Jesus' 12 chief disciples, the 12 followers of Jesus, and he gave them power and authority to be 12 leaders of Jesus' church. Now, Jesus had more than 12 disciples, and his church already numbered in the hundreds at this point. A few days before the day of Pentecost, there were 120 followers of Jesus gathered together with the leadership to fill this void, this leadership void that was left when Judas betrayed Jesus. And Matthias was chosen to become one of the 12 apostles, one who had been with Jesus from early on and had witnessed Jesus resurrected during the 40 days between the time of the resurrection and Jesus' ascension into heaven. So Matthias filled Judas' spot. The twelve apostles were then gathered together, devoting themselves to prayer, and were waiting, as per Jesus' instructions, for the Holy Spirit. And the rest of Jesus' disciples, we don't really know what they were doing. They were likely waiting too, though, wondering what was to come of them. What was to come of this new Jesus movement of which they were a part? And then on the day of Pentecost, ten days after Jesus' ascension, Jesus' group of followers, waiting and kind of directionless, became Jesus' church with a mission to continue Jesus' work of healing and reconciliation and love. A fledgling band of Jesus' disciples were transformed by the Holy Spirit into a world-altering force. That's the kind of thing the Holy Spirit does. Transform and give power and authority and unite disparate people into one. On that morning when the Holy Spirit came among the disciples, tongues of fire rested upon them. And they began to speak in other languages so that all who heard them, heard them in their own native tongue. And this was a reversal of the confusion of languages that happened all the way back in the book of Genesis... With the Tower of Babel. You'll remember that story that the peoples of the earth all had one language. And they united together to build a great tower reaching up into the heaven. And there was no lofty purpose for this. It wasn't so that everyone could have a nice loft somewhere and a wonderful place to live with great views. They simply wanted to make a name for themselves. They wanted to marvel at their own magnificence. They weren't seeking anyone's good. They simply wanted to say, look at what we have created. How awesome are we? And the Lord said, look, they are one people and they all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there so that they will not understand one another's speech. In the story of Babel, God confused the languages of our speech, to limit us so that we wouldn't be able to accomplish as wonderful and mighty acts and feats as we want to. And it's not difficult to see why. Many of our mighty accomplishments have come with great human suffering. The pyramids of Egypt, one of the seven wonders of the world, eight if you count the Astrodome, The pyramids of Egypt were built by slaves. Men and women, beloved of God, were used up and discarded. 
their lives valueless to their Egyptian masters. Also that a few pompous Egyptian kings could have really, really pretty tombs. And to this day, we still marvel at the pyramids. I marvel at the pyramids. It's an engineering feat. But in our marveling, we tend to forget what matters most, what matters to God. The human beings that were the cost of building such marvels. So knowing our propensity for marveling at our own magnificence while ignoring and totally devaluing other human beings, God chose to confuse our language, making it more difficult for humanity to work together and to accomplish these great human denigrating marvels. That is, until the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus' apostles and transformed them into the church. For the first time, there was a religion that was no longer a religion of one people or one tribe. People throughout the world could unite under Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. The power and the unity of that Holy Spirit had a purpose. And that purpose was not for marvelous wonders so people could make a name for themselves. The power and unity of the Holy Spirit united people of all nations and all languages so that they could care for one another and value each other and continue the work of reconciliation and love which Jesus gave in his gospel. God entrusted to the apostles and through them to the whole church what God had not entrusted to people since the earliest days of human civilization. The unity to accomplish great things. The Holy Spirit united the church and gave power and authority so that Jesus' disciples could do great things. But not marvelous wonders. They could do the same kinds of great things that Jesus did. Things involving caring for people. If that's not good news, I don't know what is. The well-being of people is the one purpose for which God entrusts us with the power and authority of his own spirit to accomplish great things. Only for the well-being of people. The greatest thing the church accomplishes are, of course, the very things that often go unnoticed by others. Grand structures and buildings, institutions, those are things people notice. But that's not why God gave the Holy Spirit. During times of plague, when the sick and dying had no one to care for them, but a few strangers who happened to be disciples of Jesus, that is why God gave the Holy Spirit. Helping children with difficult lives, with less than stellar role models, and providing role models for them. Giving them some love from someone whom otherwise they wouldn't know. That is why God gave the Holy Spirit. Allowing black South Africans who suffered decades of apartheid to forgive their abusers and embrace them as brothers and sisters. That is why God gave the Holy Spirit. Choosing unity over division and love over being right. Personal sacrifice for the sake of another. That is why God gave the Holy Spirit. That's the Jesus movement. That his disciples were given the spirit to continue. 
Continuing the Jesus movement is why God gave the Holy Spirit. God gave the Spirit so His mission of reconciliation and love could be lived out within the church. And the Holy Spirit could do what even Jesus could not do, which was dwell and move among multitudes of people all at the same time. Jesus, even after His resurrection, was still one man. And so Jesus left the disciples, ascended into heaven so that the Spirit could come. And the Spirit comes to us where we are, God's light inhabiting our bodies, so that the love and reconciliation of Jesus can be lived out in us. Poet Mary Oliver wrote of the Spirit, The Spirit likes to dress up like this. Ten fingers, ten toes. Shoulders and the rest at night in the black branches, in the morning in the blue branches of the world. It could float, of course, but it would rather plumb through matter. Airy and shapeless thing, it needs the metaphor of the body, lime and appetite. The oceanic fluids, it needs the body's world, instinct and imagination, and the dark hug of time, sweetness and tangibility. To be understood, to be more than pure light that burns where no one is, so it enters us. In the morning, shines from brute comfort like a stitch of lightning. And at night, lights up the deep and wondrous drownings of the body like a star. God took no pleasure in our trying to ascend to heaven through some mighty act of building a great tower. God took no pleasure in our trying to be great. But not because God does not take pleasure in dwelling with us. And rather than us harm each other and enslave one another to build some great tower to reach into the heavens, God sends the light of His Holy Spirit so that heaven may dwell within us. We need not name, make a name for ourselves, because God has already given us a name, and that name is Beloved. And so to continue Jesus' work of reconciliation and love, to continue the Jesus movement, God has given us His Spirit and united us as one church, so that heaven will dwell within us and through us. Amen.